Uh, well, uh, okay. Uh, the water has got into my phone again. Uh, comes and goes. I'm all blurry. Uh, but I've just now got off a text conversation with my goddaughter who has given me additional food for thought, as she often does. Uh, and um, we were chatting about something that she and I have chatted about before. And that is this business of, you know, what is truth? You know, and there's nothing like uh, testing a, a question like that in a time of war. You know, wars are really interesting. Um, they're more than interesting at the moment uh, for my goddaughter because she's in the middle of one. I'm not, you know. I, um, I, uh, there's a war going on in Ethiopia. It's, um, it's a kind of a hypothetical war to me because I'm not involved on any sort of personal level. You know, to the extent that I don't want to see her upset, but, you know, I don't care about either side in the war. Uh, well, I do, but no more so than I care about either side in the war that's kind of just finished uh, between Armenia and Azerbaijan, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, this thing that we've talked about before, you know, let's call it truth in war, you know. But um, truth in war, you know, war is an extreme thing, you know. Uh, it's a um, and it's an extreme example of how easily you can see um, things like um, this business of what is truth, you know, uh, and what is a higher truth, you know, and can a lie be a truth, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, all that stuff. When there's not a war on, you can't sort of test. Yeah. Let's say you had a proposition that you wanted to put up, that sometimes to tell a lie is to tell a higher truth. Now, in non-war time, you can't test that easily. People will just railroad you and say, no, a lie is a lie is a lie is a lie, you know. Um, but um, in wartime, it can be different, I think. You know, so, for example, let's say that you're back in Avaricum, which was a city or a space in ancient Gaul, modern-day France. Um, I don't know exactly where it was. Maybe it was in modern-day Belgium, for all I know. But anyway, Julius Caesar besieged the joint. Now, let's just say um, that... Every person in that culture uh, was confined within that siege, within that walled city. So all of the people of Avaricum, of that culture, uh, were hiding from Julius Caesar behind the walls of Avaricum. Okay. And... Um, and Julius Caesar has got them besieged. Now they've caught in real life. They had called for reinforcements, and their mates were coming. And um, 
and um, if their mates had reached Julius Caesar, who was outside the walls of Avaricum, uh, before um, Julius Caesar had got inside and slaughtered them all, you know, they might have been rescued because uh, Julius Caesar was a little bit defenceless, actually, on, on, you know, behind, from behind. Um, I've digressed here a little bit, you know, at the moment, but a little bit of history is always fun. You know, we'll get back to what my goddaughter's war is all about in a minute. Um, um, on that occasion, Julius Caesar um, did something that makes people like him and Napoleon and Alexander um, and, given we're talking about Ethiopia, a, a general named Tedros, Tedros II, you know, the first emperor of modern Ethiopia, if you like. Um, great. These are super generals. You know. Julius Caesar on this occasion, he, he, he had besieged Avaricum, so there was a wall there, and he had besieged Avaricum. Um, so the people of Avaricum were, you know, getting hungrier and hungrier, but they were trapped in there. Um, but he couldn't go any further. Uh, you know, the Romans were great at siege equipment and all that sort of stuff, so they would have got in there inevitably, you know, and um, eventually. Um, but he knew that the reinforcements were coming, the mates of the people in Avaricum. And uh, he built a wall behind him. So there was the wall of the city of Avaricum, and then Julius Caesar built another wall and trapped himself in between the two walls, figuring you know, that, um, uh, look, he was a strategic genius. Who else would think to do that? This sounds like madness, you know? Um, and it was a very dangerous move. Um, but when the uh, reinforcements came, uh, Julius Caesar was able to defend on two front, defend on one front and attack on the other, and he managed to to do it. It was this the very first time in history. I'm just making this up as I go along, where a single man, Julius Caesar, besieged the entire world. It's just a thought I had, and because essentially, is that what he was doing? kind of besieged the people of Avaricum and he besieged everyone on the outside of himself as well. I oh, know that sounds crazy. It's a little bit like um, when there's a fog over the English Channel. England has this idea that the rest of the world um, has been um, isolated by that fog <laughs> because the rest of the world has been isolated from England. You know? it's, it's a different, it's perspective isn't it? Um, but anyway, getting away from the actual battle of Avaricum, uh, okay. Now, the people, you, you are a Gaul, you know, from this mob, you know, in Avaricum, which was a jewel, apparently, of um, the Gallic world. Uh, the world of the Whites, the Gaul, uh, as... Um, as uh, the word Gaul, I think, comes from the word gallo in Greek, I think, you know, which means 
milk. Ah, just give me a second, will you? Thanks. Uh, he doesn't mind. I've been busy with you know, entertaining him all morning. Alright, he wants me to... That's my son. He wants me to watch him on the trampoline. But, yeah. Um, we will. Uh, Alright, you're in a Varakam. Now, this is similar to the situation the people of Mikella are finding themselves right now. Because Mikella is the... And this is right now in the 21st century. Mikella, I don't, you know is the capital of Tigray state in Ethiopia. If you don't care about Ethiopia, don't matter, it doesn't matter where it is, you know. This could be anything. Could be Armenia. Could be anywhere. All right. But if you are Ethiopian, if you are Tigrayan, it matters a hell of a lot. You know, it's personal. Um, if you're in if you're sitting in Makella right now, um, the Ethiopian national forces have you surrounded. Right now, as I sit here, so peacefully and calmly, talking so philosophically in my shed, there are people there that are about to die, which is amazing. You know? um, if I could imagine that, I'd be a lot more distressed than I am, but I'm not distressed, which is bizarre, isn't it? We humans are very self-centered in a way. Yeah, but then I sort of start to think, if I'm going to be distressed about that... Why would I be more distressed about that than 50 other things going on in the world at the moment? There are other terrible things happening in the world at the moment. Um, yeah, there's some sh yeah, I won't list them, you know. Okay, so, um, but right now, as I sit here, there are people, there, there is a, a city that is surrounded. You know, just like many, many years ago, oh, what would it be? 2000... 60, 2060 years ago, or whatever, 2000, yeah, be about that, 2070 years ago, um, there was a city called Avaricum surrounded in the same circumstances. All right, the Julius Caesar figure at the moment is um, the current Prime Minister of Ethiopia, um, Abiy Ahmed. Abiy Ahmed Ali, I believe. Um, now, truth and lies. Now, reports coming out of uh, Ethiopia are sketchy because all communications are down. So you don't know what to believe. It could all be lies from both sides. Um, but the people of Makella are depending on the support of the diaspora throughout the world. The uh, Tigrayan diaspora um, to try and put pressure on the international community to to intervene and stop this uh, Prime Minister of Ethiopia from killing too many people at least, you know, to stop the attack on Mackella and on Tigray as a whole. So, you're sitting in Mackella. Um, now, just imagine... I don't think this is true, but just imagine Abby, you, Abby's done nothing yet. Hasn't killed anybody. And suddenly you've found, you've, you know, you've come across a satellite phone. Someone down the street's got a satellite phone and you can get a message out to the BBC. Now imagine, now this is probably not true, but the truth doesn't matter at the moment. 
imagine things are okay and um, and that the troops surrounding you um, are actually in contact with you and you're actually walking up to them and having a chat and all that sort of stuff and they say listen we're just doing all this for political reasons we're not actually going to attack uh, it's a great big bluff now this is not true right but just imagine it was true okay we can ent we're thinkers we can entertain ideas without them having to be true now imagine that's the case you're sitting in McKellar and everything's quite fine actually and you're having a coffee but you know that Abby um, you know that um, this is not you you need Abby ousted you know because you know that these guys tomorrow could wipe you out um, you get on that satellite phone you've got five minutes what are you going to say you know now I would say you know I would tell lies but there would be a higher truth involved because I'd be saving the lives of the people of McKellar my all my friends and loved ones, yeah, my people. I would tell lies about how things are in McKellar. Imagine there's lots of food there, everything, and everything's quite fine. I would say we're starting to starve, um, and I would say we've all already had rockets landing. Look, as it turns out, I think there are photos of... Yeah. We're entertaining something here, thought, all right. Um, but I would actually overstate uh, how bad it is. Now, it's probably bad there already anyway, but I would be overstating that, and that's the point. And why would I be doing that? Um, I would be telling lies, but I would be speaking a higher truth. And this is the thing that my goddaughter and I have touched upon in the past. Um, now, if I got on that satellite phone, I got across to the BBC, and the, the Tigrayan diaspora worldwide could hear my voice, and I'm saying all these things. If I was in the Tigran diaspora here in Melbourne, and my goddaughter is in that diaspora, I'm not. I would, I would promulgate that information. Yeah, even if I suspected it might not be true, I would, I would um, be on my social media, if I was on social media, and passing that information on as fact. Now, am, am I being a bad thinker in doing that? You know, like a, an unvirtuous, non-truth teller, you know what I mean? I think I'm being virtuous, and I'm speaking a greater truth to power. Now, being the power of the international community to intervene and get rid of this bastard, Abby, who is probably going to kill everybody, or as many people as he can in McKellar soon anyway. You know, or at least a lot of people. I know that much. You know, he's a danger. I know that much. He needs to go. I know that much. I stand with Tigray. I know that much. Abby must go. And I know that much, you know. So, I hear this information. I push it out as fact. Oh, I won't be long. I'm on... Oh, hello. Yeah, I won't be long, though. I'll be in in a minute. Number one. The other one was number three. They all want my attention. What a terrible father I am. Okay. Um, I'd push it out as fact. To the international community, which is, tends to be pretty naive about the nuance of war and all that sort of stuff in a, in a place like Ethiopia. They don't know what's going on. They're trying and they're trying and they're trying. I know what's going on. Look, I know what I'm passing on to, you know, let's say my local MP here in Australia is probably a lie. He won't know the difference. 
or she won't know the difference. I'm passing it on as fact and saying, and I'm saying, do something. You know, and this, I think, is when you know, the lie can become the truth, because there is a greater truth at play here. Um, and the greater truth is that Abby must go, or my people may die. You know, and the same goes for the people of Avarakam a long time ago. Um, if they could have got a lie out to um, their friends uh, uh, who were coming with reinforcements, um, that might have saved them all, you know, should they have got that lie out, you know, um, could they, should they have overstated the danger that they were in? Well, it's hard to overstate that danger, but you know what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah, Julius Caesar is just one dangerous person, you know, so it's very hard to overstate the danger of Julius Caesar, you know. But maybe Julius Caesar was making peaceful overtures and all that sort of stuff initially. I don't think he was, but, um, actually he would, he's, he's the sort. Anyway, um, crafty, you know, um, you know, I might get a message out saying, Julius Caesar's at, at, at my door. Um, the siege hasn't happened yet, you know. We're talking to him. Um, he's, he's making deals with us. Send reinforcements now. I might, I might put out a lie that Julius Caesar has already started attacking me. Now, that's a lie, but at least the reinforcements will be on the way. Because if I don't put out that lie, they won't come, you know, until it gets desperate. You know. So the lie becomes the truth. Now... If you tell a lie, that's going to the consequence of which will be the survival of your people. Um, that's not a lie on one level. It's a, well, it is a lie, but it's 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 a truth. It's a higher truth. Yeah, a lie may result in the in, in your people not being wiped out, genocide style, either actually or culturally. A lie may do that, and the truth. You know, telling a truth may be uh, not a truth on a higher level, something like that. Okay, so that's that. And my goddaughter has also been texting me um, because there's a lot of the funny thing about social media is, and you know, I get screenshots of people uh, saying things on social media. You know, in non-war time, there's a kind of philosophical, logical debate going on. Oh, you're right, you're wrong, blah, 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 because I've got this evidence and you've got that evidence and all that sort of stuff. When wartime comes along, as it has come along in Ethiopia at the moment, um, many of us who are not involved in the war keep keep having that conversation. We keep talking like that, you know. We keep, we keep going like that, just dispassionately keep talking about, oh, well, you know, um, transitions, of, transitions of power are always bloody and all that sort of stuff in a place like Ethiopia which has weak institutions and all that sort of stuff and you know when you think about the last 150 years and blah 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 okay alright I'll take up um, but in wartime that's not the time for that I'll finish with that I do have to go you know, there's a time and a place for everything and sometimes uh, like in a war, in the middle of a war, getting involved in those conversations is the wrong time and place for that. That's what I think I've got to go.